Hey, hey, everybody. Just the quick disclaimer before we begin this. Uh, since this is a thriller movie, and more specifically since this is Get Out, we highly recommend watching this movie before listening to this episode um, a little bit more than all the other movies that we cover. Because um, all of the reviews that we do are nothing but spoilers. All right. Thanks for listening, and on with the show. Yeah, what's the next movie on a... Let's get made. Is that a... That would be Chopping Mall, wouldn't it? I would hope it's Chopping I'm Mall. I'm pretty sure it's Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall is spectacular. I, I think I'm going to watch... Oh, it's better than Death. I think I'm going to watch Chopping Mall tonight. Craig, I saw the cold open. It's on YouTube, by the way. It's on YouTube in its entirety. In its entirety. And no one's Hour and down. 16 minutes. Oh, are we not having a shitty movie tonight? Uh, no, I'm going to be going to Sleigh Bells tomorrow. Um, all right, well, are we ready? I think so. Okay, hey, hey, everybody. We're going to kick off this next episode of I Want You to Watch This. I am your host, Dennis, and as always, I'm with my two co-hosts, Colin and Craig. How are you both? I'm good, Dennis. Fantastic. Craig? You know, I'm all right. I had a weird <laughs> day a little bit, but, you know. It looks like that. about that later, because it kind of goes into the theme of this movie, actually. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Intrigue. <laughs> Intrigue. All right. Um, well, this is part two of our uh, thriller block, and... Um, yeah, so far it's been a fun, fun block. Uh, this movie's Get Out, and before I speak any more of it, I'm going to pass it off to Craig, because this is his pick. So, Craig, take us away. All right, yeah, I'll just be giving a quick little plot summary of the movie, and it starts with a black man being abducted by a masked figure while walking through a suburban neighborhood late at night. Months later, photographer Chris Washington and his girlfriend, Rose Armitage, are preparing for a weekend trip to meet her parents, Dean and Missy. Rose reveals that she has not told her parents that Chris is black, which worries Chris. Rose assures him that everything will be fine. Upon arriving at the Armitage home, Chris is introduced to the family's black servants, Walter and Georgina. When asked about his family, Chris shares that Dean and, with Dean and Missy that his mother died in a hit and run when he was 11. Missy, a psychiatrist, offers to help Chris quit smoking through hypnosis, but he declines. Rose's brother Jeremy arrives and the entire family has dinner with Chris. That night, while outside for a smoke, Chris observes strange behavior by Walter and Georgina. Upon entering the house, he finds Missy awake, and she invites him to sit down. She begins to hypnotize Chris while, you, while he reveals his guilt for not calling 911 as soon as he noticed that his mother was late coming home. He finds himself unable to move, fully hypnotized. Chris's consciousness falls into a void, uh, falls into a void at Missy's command, and she tells him that he is now in the sunken place. Chris suddenly wakes up in bed and believes that the encounter was just a nightmare, but later becomes disgusted at the thought of smoking and realizes that Hip Missy did hypnotize him. As guests arrive for the Armitage's annual get-together, various older white couples take an unusual interest in Chris. He meets a black guest, Logan King, whose bizarre demeanor and familiarity unsettles him. He calls his best friend, TSA officer Rod Williams, who he tells about his hypnosis and the unusual behavior of the black people in the area. He tries to stealthily take a picture of Logan with his phone, but the camera flash causes Logan to freeze, suffer a nosebleed, and then hysterically yell at Chris to get out. Dean claims Logan had an epileptic seizure from the flash, but Chris is not convinced. Chris and Rose go walking and he tells her how uncomfortable he feels at the party. She agrees to leave with him that night. While they're gone, Dean holds an auction for Chris with Jim Hudson, a blind art dealer, placing the winning bid. After returning to Pat, Chris sends a picture of Logan to Rod, who recognizes Logan as Andre Hayworth, 
a past mutual acquaintance of theirs and the same man earlier abducted in the suburbs. Alarmed, Chris tells Rose that they need to leave immediately. Packing, Chris finds a set of photographs showing Rose with various black people, including Walter and Georgina. He tries to leave, but the family stops him, and Rose admits her role in the deception. Missy hypnotizes him to prevent him from escaping. Rod becomes concerned when Chris does not return home or answers calls. Or sorry, Rod becomes concerned when Chris does not return home or answers calls and discovers that Andre Hayworth went missing months ago. He tries to get help from the police, but it's not taken seriously. Chris wakes up strapped to a chair and learns that the family has perfected a method of pseudo-immortality in which Dean, a neurosurgeon, performs brain surgery to transport to transplant the consciousness of older white people into the bodies of younger black people who have been hypnotized by Missy. Jim wants to use Chris as a host so that he can regain sight, with Chris being doomed to exist in the sunken place. When Chris asks, he is told that everyone has their own reasons, but mainly they're using black people because they're the in fad. Chris manages to escape the house, killing Dean, Missy, and Jeremy in the process. As he drives away in Jeremy's car, he hits Georgina and finds himself unable to leave her to die on the side of the road like his mother did. He drags Georgina, whom Rose reveals is the vessel for her grandmother, into the car with him before she revives and causes him to crash, killing her. Rose, armed with a rifle, and Walter, catching, uh, and Walter catch up with Chris. Walter, whom Rose reveals is the vessel for her grandfather, tackles Chris, who uses his phone to take a picture of him, thus freeing Walter from his hypnosis. Walter takes Rose's rifle and shoots her in the abdomen and then shoots himself in the head. Chris begins to strangle Rose but cannot bring himself to kill her and stops trying just as a police car pulls up. Rose cries out for help, hoping that Chris will be seen as the attacker, but the driver turns out to be Rod. He and Chris drive away as Rose succumbs to her gunshot wound. I love how this movie ends. Yeah, it's, it's pretty so, dynamite. It's so <laughs> nice that he blows up the whole fucking thing. And yeah, like burns the house down. Yeah, too. yeah. literally like, blows it up. Uh, we, should well, al- we should also mention that this movie is written and directed by Jordan Peele, uh, famous from the comedy duo of Key and Peele. Yeah, and yes. as a result, there's been many interviews pointing out the fact that Jordan Peele is, you know, his, his background is in comedy and sketch comedy and stuff, and this is not comedic. Well, no, it, <laughs> it has, has lots of comedic elements. It, it, it yeah. does, but I would not call this a comedy. But oh, heavens the no. no, but it, it's great how well he does incorporate comedy into oh, this movie. Oh, he nails it, and it is. It happens at perfect moments yep. to where it doesn't take away from any no. of the suspense of the movie in any way whatsoever it's it, very it's needed just, yeah it's yeah like, it gives you the right amount of levity without dragging you like out of the suspense uh, like too much right it's the best it's the best use of comedic relief i can think of honestly probably um because it doesn't it's not annoying uh, the character that is the comedic relief which is rod is just great he's awesome he's just so affable and just so much fun to watch on screen and it's just like oh good Whew, Ron! Oh my God! Oh, thank you, Ron. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you and your like horror movie anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> this movie had me balled up on the movie theater seat, just like yeah. <laughs> I get way too anxious at these kinds of movies. Yeah, I mean, as a horror movie, I feel like it is extremely well done in that it doesn't overutilize like 
tropes. It definitely you can't really have a horror movie without having certain tropes because it's a horror movie and right. they're tropes for a reason. Yeah. But this movie definitely doesn't overutilize things like the jump scare. Or, no. And this movie has amazing jump scares. Yes, it does. Yeah. And that's the part, that's part about it is that they're used so effectively and so um, efficiently that when they happen, it's actually unexpected you're not actually waiting for the next jump scare to happen this movie has a jump scare that happens in the background like it's there's a musical sting which is kind of the thing that makes you jump but they're also like the visual component to this jump scare isn't like fully in frame it's in the background and i'm just like that's so cool are you talking about when georgina walks yeah, in the yeah. georgina walks by in oh, the that's the one jump scare i shot. did not like about this movie because it's like it would be so much better if she just like silently walked in the background instead of this like ching and then like you know I, music cue i don't know if it lands without the, <sighs> the sting yeah, i just i, I think just, it definitely helped i uh, it. I, I, it pulled it honestly that that one pulled me out of the movie because it was just like oh you're just trying to get me like even more anxious you piece of shit movie goddamn it <laughs> yeah, i take that back this, this movie is anything but a piece of shit yeah. <laughs> i just get really like, worked uh, up dennis i will cut you i will cut you i can have my opinions i can have my opinions <laughs> Yes, you can, as long as they're as long as they agree with my as long as they coincide with yours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, like I feel like this movie was it's been received extremely well critically across the board. It was at one hundred percent for I think almost a full week before. Yeah, one one guy came in and and gave it a bad review. Yeah, it currently has an eight point three on IMDb. Yeah, and it's still at ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is. Damn Which good. is amazing, right? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> hardly any movies. And an eight point three on IMDb isn't bad, considering anyone can review. Yeah, exactly. On that, and, and, the, and the negative reviews that I've read on IMDb are, are just like people are like, "Oh, this movie's the worst," and then they point out like one plot inconsistency, and they just like bake <laughs> all of their <laughs> dislike on this movie on that one inconsistency. It's like, yeah, no, I didn't even know it until you pointed it out, dude. Like, <laughs> well, it's funny because it's like the one critic that uh, the one professional critic who. Put posted the first negative review, said something in his review to the effect of the character at the beginning of the movie never shows up again in the movie. And I'm Which like, did you even? Yeah, did you even watch the movie? Because the guy who gets abducted at the beginning of the movie is Logan slash Andre Hayworth. Right, like yeah. halfway through the out movie, to, like be a plot point. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> the plot trigger. Yeah, like, and he's, he's the one that propels the movie. To the second part. Like, yeah. So I'm like, either how'd way. How'd you miss that? Yeah. Either way, you didn't see that or you didn't finish this movie. Either way, I don't know if I can trust your opinion after yeah. something like that comes out. Like, He's also the douchebag reviewer that just like knocks down any good movie that's like reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes just to be like, well. Yeah. He waits until there's like a, an aggregation of right. good reviews and then goes in and just pots puts in like one bad one yeah. to put buzz and get clicks. So it's, Yeah. It's just a provocateur, and I'm like, okay, I can disregard your opinion because I actually listen to it, and it's bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that said, uh, let's get into it, guys. Let's yeah. get into yeah. this. Um, I would like to say, Craig, um, your Chris costume is fantastic, and what's great is you're still incorporating scenery elements into the costume. You're like tied to that plush comfy chair you, Get, like, getting you up the stairs into the studio I'm like, sorry guys. yeah come on man like, I'm yeah, sorry that, that was you would refuse fun. to leave the chair I love that we're calling this the studio now it, it is a studio, it's a studio. Of, course. Yeah. of course you guys but uh, <laughs> it's even got like the cotton coming out where your fingernails have dug out the, you know the 
the leather and the cotton is coming out of the chair. Um, again, your props to your scenery team, that, that small group of dedicated guys. Well, thank you. And, I mean, I know you usually go with the wigs, but I don't know. I guess this is, I guess, kind of a wig because it has to be a prosthetic for you to be Jim with his head off, with the top of his scalp off, getting ready and prepared for the brain transplant. Yeah, this was a unique request for my wig guy you know your, your wig guy it, it just time and time again just really it's, pulls it's, through because this isn't a wig per se but i just wanted to have like steven roots look but have the exposed brain and the the head cut off thing and and he really he nailed it you know can i can i touch it uh i'd prefer if you didn't because uh, it's uh, is it really your brain let's not get into it <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, and Dennis. Wow. So you just, you're, you're just making the most out of those boobs, aren't you? Like, way to go, Rose. Like, good job. Hey, man. <laughs> you got to use those prosthetics yeah. whenever you can. I spent a lot of money on this woman costume, so I'm going to modify it and use it as much as I can. You're also eating Fruit Loops one at a time and drinking milk through a straw. I, if you have noticed, I haven't blinked this entire time as oh, well. Oh, my God. It's really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that was oh god like the serial thing was this like red flag psycho red flag and then also using bing like who searches okay the, well oh, that's you are a that's psychopath. one of my few <laughs> things problems with this movie is it is product placement central for windows <laughs> it is windows phone. like he's got a yeah. windows phone he's got a windows tablet they use bing because like, nobody uses bing yeah no one but if you ever go home and someone has bing open for their search engine get the fuck out people <laughs> yes you're dealing with a crazy person they're, if they're, they're using Bing. trying to steal your young body is what they're doing but but i did note like just tons of any piece of technology in this movie has a windows logo somewhere on it also if anyone knows or can create like a phobia for teacups you know i know there's like all these like names for phobias but that needs to be developed after this movie because i definitely have a legitimate fear of them now well, and if i ever walk into a white person's house and i see a teacup i'm fucking grabbing the first camera run. i see and it's either going in the teacup or going in somebody's head that's all i have to say about but, that well, one thing building off of that off of the teacups um what's really amazing about this movie um, and the symbolism that he uses is that the weapon that she uses is literally a silver spoon. Mm. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So the symbol of privilege <laughs> is the thing that she uses <laughs> to, hypnotize to control him, to hypnotize Holy him. Her fuck. weapon is like literally the symbol of privilege. Damn. Yeah, there's so many like little bits in this movie that like we all watched it, you know, once and we were immediately like, we need to do an episode on this. Yeah, and yeah. if only just for an excuse to see this movie again, because this is a movie that you need to see at least two times in order to fully appreciate. Oh, it's so much better the second time. And things like, um, you know, the grandfather and how I didn't even pick up on it the first time, but like the second time around, it's like, oh yeah, he was totally still burnt about not or against about losing to, to Jesse, Jesse Owens, Owens in which the is why he was running so hard every right, night. Yeah, when he's running, like getting his exercise, the scene which is now like a meme, the get out challenge where yeah. you run at someone and like try and break away. That's him running because he ran and now he's got a black man's body so he can accomplish what he never could. Um, 
the other thing I loved with that was they are giving the tour of the house and he comes into the kitchen where Georgina is standing and he says, my mother always loved this house so we keep a small piece of her in here. And then the camera cuts across and we see Georgina. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's, again, that second time around when you, the first time you see it, that would never, yeah, nothing would no pop idea. into your mind. No. But then the second time, knowing that these are the grandparents who are in these bodies and these right. are like now like white people who are inhabiting these bodies like every line just like has a different moment and i actually remember watching um when the party first starts and everyone's kind of like ogling and groping chris and there's a moment where um it's like the older woman with the husband in the wheelchair and like comes up and like grabs him and like squeezes his arm and like starts talking about him like he's cattle pretty much right, yeah, yeah and, they're all appraising and him. rose kind of gives like there's a flash of a look and it's uh, initially i was kind of like it was i thought it was like kind of like oh why are you talking to my boyfriend like that but it was like she was saying too much like about the auction like it was like getting a little too close right. to like what was actually happening yeah. like why he was actually here right and like the look that second time why Watching it, you can totally see it's like a flash of a second, and it's just like, oh my god! I I'd get the fuck out of that party <laughs> so fucking fast, man! Like like that's like <laughs> I would bail so bad. Like, and I, also like the stylish couple is like talking about how stylish black people are and things. And right? It's just, yeah. It all of the different people at that party are appraising him in different ways. Oh yeah, do you know Tiger Woods? Uh, yeah. yeah, the golfer is asking him about Tiger Woods. We all wants, know each other. So. Wants to see his form and everything. Well, it's because he wanted to golf. So yeah, because like, he wants his body so he can golf. And even in the, the earlier scene, in the dinner scene, um, the brother is talking to him about UFC, about um, Ultimate Fighting, and he talks about, with your genetic makeup and your uh, stuff, if you really applied yourself, you could be a beast at UFC. <laughs> and just like, oh, now the second time through, I get what he's talking about. It's even more creepy yeah. from the creepiest character in this movie. I don't know. I would argue that Georgina, like, just thinking about her, just, like, sends shivers up my spine. Like, oh. that actress nails, like, the creepy fucking both, long stare. Both... Her and Walter are amazing. Oh, I don't know, even Missy, I thought phenomenal Missy was performances. Oh yeah, like from the like get go, like she just had this cold demeanor that was just from the moment I saw her on screen and she started talking, it was like you don't really seem like a nurturing kind right. person no. at all. Like you're a therapist and it's you like, would think you'd be a little warmer. The so. al alternative motives are just so like, it's like there's something up with you. I don't like it at all. Well, that's the best part about this movie. It's like at no point are they like trying to say like, Oh, nothing's going on here. It's like, Oh no, everything is weird, but you don't know exactly how weird it is until things start unfolding. Right. And then when they start unfolding, things are even weirder than you thought they were going to be. Because right. I was totally thinking, you know, just the whole hypnotism thing. I was like, okay, oh, cool. 100%. They're all hypnotized. That's crazy enough. And then right. it's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's just step one. They're stealing their bodies. <laughs> yeah. I, I was 100% convinced, in, like, the first time through that it was just the hypnotism until they explained the whole brain surgery thing. And I'm like, whoa, that's even worse. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know when you guys figured out, like, the whole Rose thing, but I... I still even thought, because uh, the first time I watched this was like, you know, the hypnotism thing was still strong in my mind. And so I was like, oh, they totally hypnotized their daughter, too, which is why she has all these, you know, old black flames. And oh, for yeah. some reason, like, is like doesn't seem to remember it or is. Well, and like how she like 
You might be right because how she flips, you know, after it's revealed. No, she wasn't hypnotized. No, she was she in was on it the actor. whole time. She was yeah, just, just no, not giving no, it away. Yeah. Because but she turns into like a fucking robot after no, like it's all revealed. Like she's then, just like like literally eating cereal one piece at a time and like. But then even when she's talking to Raj, she totally flips back again to like yeah. where it's like you can tell she's acted this part so much to where like. She knows, like, she was sitting, like, rigid on the bed, but the tone in her voice is what she, all she cares about at that point when she's talking to Rod. So, right. like, her tone is like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I thought he came home uh, You're right. And then she's but like, it's so, all... And so it's like, but at the same time, like, she's stone-faced yeah. the entire time when right. she's on screen. Yeah. So it's, it was her acting the entire time. But the first time I watched it, I thought that she was being hypnotized as well until it was like, taking her like five minutes to find her keys. And I was thinking, there's no way a woman who is familiar with her purse takes that long to find her okay, keys. Okay, you're not married. Okay, well, so- <laughs> I'm also gay, so <laughs> what do I know about you women? Would be but- so, so surprised at how long it can take a woman to find something in her purse. But um, when she does find the keys and her delivery of that line of like, you know I can't give them to you, right, babe? Like, that's the point where I'm like, oh, no, she's totally in on it. Until then, I didn't think she was in on it at all. Because when she's looking for him, she's actually starting to get, like, panicked because she can't find the keys. But then it's like, oh, that's all just an act. And it, like, oh, it's so good. Well, my my generalizations (laughs) and stereotypes led me to believe that she was in on it, like, Two minutes before, but uh, I was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was suspicious when there was all the pictures. Right when he when, when he but found the I box, was, I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and especially when you see the picture of Georgina and the picture of Walter, you're like, oh, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> yeah, this movie has a lot, um, a lot of uh, similarities and parallels to The Wicker Man. Mm. And see, uh, yeah, sort of The Wicker Man, uh, sort of. Um, uh, Stepford Wives. Yep. There's a lot of yep, but like a but like, in terms of like a woman like luring a man into a place to yep. like use him as a sacrifice. Yeah, for the Wicker Man. Yeah. Yep, and uh, she even has a the name of a flower, which is part of the uh, whole thing from the Wicker Man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All these plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, another plant name. <laughs> the bees. How did it burn? How did it burn? How did it burn? <laughs> Uh, don't see the Wicker Man, guys. Oh, yeah. At least like, the no, remake. Watch the original. Watch the, watch original. the original. Do not watch the Nicolas Cage remake of the Wicker Man. It's terrible. <laughs> it is god awful. Uh, one of the creepiest scenes is the auction. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is just a straight up fucking auction of a black it's, person. It's just, <laughs> it is a slave auction done silently with bingo cards. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I've. I've. I've been around i mean these are caricatures of like waspy uh you know upper class democrats i guess um i've been around people like this and they're not dissimilar of how they're like displayed in the movie they'd say awkward shit about race like seeming to like be like you know accepting of other people and all this shit and like i i wonder about your own experiences craig yes (laughs) please enlighten us yes i I mean as a black man i have definitely experienced like pretty much all of these conversations at least once in my life or like some variation of them you know i've been told oh yeah you look like a rapper or like oh my god you 
Uh, I've been told, oh, you don't look like a Craig. Oh, what do I look like? Oh, I don't know, like a Jamal or a Tyrone. I've been called a gorilla. And, and, it, was like, and, it, was like, and it was like a joking, and it was like meant to be in a joking and affectionate way. And I wait, was just wait, like, how does somebody call you a gorilla in oh, a joking or oh, affectionate God. way? Oh, and, God. And pure and total ignorance, that's how. Like, it, it was literally nothing but, like, pure and total ignorance. And, and yeah, this, this movie, in terms of the like white liberalism right. that we experience and especially living in Denver, which is a very, the Denver bubble. Yeah. It is a very like, you know, on the surface seems like a very liberal city seems like a very, you know, like, but it's still also, a cow town, but it's also that way for, if you are like rich and, or like or affluent or at least right. you know, well off upper middle class, then yeah, things are, you know, pretty decent and, you know, floaty for you. Right. And, um, you know, like we went down to Voodoo Comedy Works last night and we were like downtown and literally the only other black people I saw were homeless people downtown. It was, it was crazy. Like it was sad. And there was one performer that was playing. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the performers there, like they had their token guy, you know, and (laughs) is there anything whiter than improv comedy? Yeah. Yeah, um, no, but but yeah, it, it England. Was just, it was just kind of these things where it's like you see, and then like you know, I see things all the time where it's people are like, oh well, like this homeless problem is so horrible, and we need to do something about it. Like, and it's people you know saying these things from their million dollar you know right. sky rise condo, and I can't go downtown anymore. It's just disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and so it's like these are the same people that are like. You know, oh, I voted for Bernie. You know, I'm a Bernie supporter. And... I'd vote for Obama a third yeah. time if I could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> like the actual thing from the movie. And she even tells him that he's going to say that. Right. And it's going to be awkward. Yeah. And so, it's, yeah, kind of like the, yeah, it, it, it's really hard and difficult to fully explain. But this movie does a really good job of conveying that feeling of what it is like to experience white liberalism as a black person when honestly like it doesn't matter democrat republican whatever a whole lot has not been done for black people by this country on either side nope and so it's it's really funny when it's like oh people are like oh well like yeah sure democrats may be a little bit you know on more on like the progressive side so it's easy to say like oh well they're not actively trying to fuck minorities they're just not doing anything about it yeah exactly And and so yeah, it's it's a perfect um, commentary on that type of. It doesn't matter to me until it affects me personally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I'll just be okay with whatever happens, and I, I'll use my platitudes and give lip service to solidarity and to you know social issues without actually investing you know myself or actually going to those places or actually knowing any black people <laughs> like and, on a personal level <laughs> and actually still fully taking advantage of these people in a huge way on the surface they're saying oh we're so liberal we're so everyone should be together we're like so supportive of you but then they're like kidnapping them and stealing their bodies and literally enslaving them yeah well, so it's it's so crazy well yeah and it's very similar to you know how you know pop culture and uh you know fashion and culture work today where you know the other day i saw an article that uh huff post posted and it was talking about how uh twitter had reignited this uh, old meryl street picture and turned it into a new meme 
And essentially it was like, no, this was black Twitter. A lot of like people like on that same string were like commenting and saying, no, this was black Twitter that did this. Like, please get this straight because this is like another example of like how of how it gets people have been appropriating black yeah. culture and forever. Like all the ones that were on the post were like, oh yeah, like these Taylor Swift lyrics and things like that. And it was like, because the whole thing is like Meryl Streep like shouting. And so it's like all these people have been posting like song lyrics for like all the songs that everyone would know, you know, and when everyone gets together and sings the last lyric, it's like the Meryl Streep meme. But then it was like turned into this whole crazy thing. And that happens on like every day at every level that is happening to like black culture where something really cool comes out of it. And luckily we now live in a world where we have internet and we have ways that black people can get their, you know, culture and their art and their music directly to the people that they want to get it to. And that has definitely helped to expand that and allow those people to actually receive credit for it. But for a long time, they didn't have that. So white people would just take credit for it and then... Just the cannibalize the just, culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're, we even were doing that up until, like, recently. Like, it, has anyone ever just noticed how fucked up it is that in Back to the Future, Marty McFly, like, steals cr the credit for creating rock and roll from Chuck Berry? <laughs> Not only that, but he also influences the first black mayor in the United States. Yeah, he tells the guy, like, hey, you can be mayor. And it's yes. not until the savior white man tells him so that he decides to become like, mayor. Zemeckis like, retcons, like, the civil rights movement <laughs> to be an idea from the white man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy fuck. Yeah, if you dig into it, Back to the Future is pretty racist. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like, And it's not just black culture. It's, you know, almost, you know, so many minority cultures have seen the same thing. And, um... I, Iron Fist, we were talking about that, is yeah, a perfect yeah, yeah, example yeah, yeah. of that. The whitewashing right of, of movies and by, you know, Ghost in the white Shell. Ghost in the Shell, I was just but about to say. Th th this, this goes into an interesting topic um, of like. All right, we live in a country that's like it's you know it's supposed it's supposed to be this melting pot of like I mean we're all immigrants you know outside of the Native Americans that were here and we <laughs> totally fucked over <laughs> um, we are all from like different parts of this world in theory and unfortunately it's like the dominating culture is just like taking over all of these other like facets from you know these different factions from across the planet and stuff but I feel like it's part of this. It's a rocky, rocky road of the inevitability of, like, us all being homogenous, you know, eventually. Like, it has to, it has to even out. Like, I feel like, I feel like this, like, uh, um, well, the very topic of this movie is, is, is playing homage to the adolescence of the human race, where we, we deal with these problems of racism and, like, and culture war and, and, you know, appropriating values from different cultures and stuff in order to make it, you know, like, oh, no, the black people didn't come up with that. That was all white people. And it's like, no, go fuck yourself, Zemeckis. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so. <sighs> well, that's my thing is I by no means have any problems with sharing culture. Right. But it's a difference between sharing and stealing. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like, a, di a we need very to give clear difference. Yeah, exactly. When you take something and have absolutely no, give, yeah, give no attribution to the source that it came from, that's fucked up. And that keeps those people in that same position because when you take that away from them and then claim it as your own, then it's like, well, oh, and all you leave them with are the negative stereotypes. And, you know, like you, all you leave them with bullshit. are. Yeah, exactly. Like all they get left with or all we get left with is the bullshit of. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Like 
Uh, God, I'm sorry. Hidden figures and like I mean, wait, 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 all, wait, wait, wait. just yeah, so yeah, yeah. much in terms of it's recognition. Recognition, like it's, right. it's pretty much what it boils down to, is a matter of recognizing where this comes yeah. from. Yeah, and like an example, a very white example, since I'm a very white man. Um, I'm Irish, and um, recently was St. Patty's Day, and I got in a discussion with a friend of mine who's like, she was saying, "Oh, I want to go to Dublin for St. Patty's Day," and I'm like, "They don't, they don't really celebrate there." It's more of like an American tradition, you know, with the drinking and the parades and stuff. And she's like, no way. Like, that's it's a huge holiday in Ireland and everything. I'm like, no. Like, they, 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 it's a national holiday and it's something that, it's like a day of respect. It's like a bank holiday. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's uh, like schools are off. Like, families hang out with one another. They have a parade, but that those parades started in Boston and Chicago in, you know, in America. And, like, the whole concept of, like, getting fucking shit plowed on St. Patrick's Day, that ain't an Irish idiom. You know, that's not an Irish idea. But people since America's awesome just thinks it's like oh well they're green and it's a you know little leprechaun dude and like they're all but drinking. also the Irish were an oppressed minority for such a long right. time yeah. and one of the like things we said about them I was like oh the drunken Irish so it becomes this cultural thing of on exactly. St Patrick's Day you have to go out and get drunk yeah so that's my white reference <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways I'd like to um, just segue back into get out and point out that this movie is really based on um, what Malcolm X was bitching about in during the civil rights movement of just like you know the the white liberal left the you know the upper echelon the kennedys of the world you know uh, uh being like oh well we got to support all these minorities and it's like motherfucker your kids don't go to schools with black kids you know like, your schools are just as segregated as the schools in the south yeah and he got a lot of flack for that you know and and was demonized well that's the thing too now is is God, this is going to be a really social-heavy episode. But. Oh, it hasn't already? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys realize this, but like, this movie has a little bit of social commentary to what? it. What? I didn't get any of that. I didn't get any social commentary I, from this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of like just in small moments, but every once wow. in a while, they'll just toss a little something You're in there. You're blowing my mind, yeah. Craig. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing, too, is like I, I've seen that even in schools around this neighborhood here in Denver of... Uh, Schools that used to be, you know, a lot more culturally diverse, and then it was like a lot of gentrification started happening, and those families were like pushed out of the neighborhood, and right. those kids were, uh, you know, like all of like the brown and black kids were essentially like removed, like you know, pushed out of the schools because their parents were no longer able to bring them to the school because they don't live in the neighborhood anymore, right. and it's like things like that where it's like, yeah, I understand. You wanting like everyone wants to have a better life for themselves and for their children, and everyone wants you know their kids to get the best education, and a lot of that happens when parents become more active in roles in the school, and it's kind of hard because when you think about a lot of minority families where both parents are usually working, if not you know there's a single parent, whereas a lot of like the more affluent families that have moved into the neighborhood are you know, like mom may stay at home, you know, while dad goes to work and they can afford to have, you know, one parent that doesn't work so the right. mom can be, you know, or they or the dad, don't be sexist. Craig. I know I'm yeah. being so sexist, but I'm so used That's to just the, babysit. <laughs> I'm so used to the Highlands mommies around right, here. Yeah. So yeah. It's, <laughs> but it's like, you know, like parents who are wonderful people. It's a group of one guys. People. Yeah. They're going to blacklist our podcast. We're not saying anything bad about Highlands mommies. <laughs> are, that's an excellent mafia. I mean, group of mothers. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, they have the time to like, you know, go to, you know, the school meetings and, you know, bitch about, you know, all of the things and, right. 
and it's like, yeah, that is improving the school, but at the same time, it's how much of that is actually working at the same time to push those students out of those same schools. Right. And it's 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 really sad. And I, I remember um, listening to an I don't remember who it was, so I'm not going to go into it. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just really sad. <laughs> so when I saw this movie the second time, I went with my wife and we were walking out and she goes, I just can't believe that that was Brad Whitford because he's so different in this and she's mostly familiar with him from the West Wing. Oh, so yeah. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's Brad Whitford. You should see Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's excellent in Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> Th- those are like the two horror movies that I really like because I'm not a fan of horror movies, but I like Brad Whitford's in both of them. I, I don't call Cabin in the Woods a horror movie. That's more of a horror comedy, like a like a Sam Raimi. I don't know. I feel like this and Cabin in the Woods are kind of like at similar, are like similarly both hor- horrific and comedic. And comedic. Yeah. Things, well, yeah. I don't know. Get Out is a lot less funny than. No, no, it is. It is. But at the same time, it's it's a, it's a movie that also points at other horror movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, whereas Cabin in the Woods does the same thing. It's, it's, Cabin in the Woods is just well, a Cabin in the Woods movies. is almost like mocking horror right. tropes. Yeah. This is, but by, by anxiety meter, uh, between the two movies, I gotta say that uh, Get Out, total horror movie. Because <laughs> Cabin in the Woods did not raise my heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods is definitely, yeah, just essentially just a, a satire, you know. Of... We, should, we should do that on our comedy block or something. But anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, whereas Get Out is in and of itself a horror movie that uses those tropes yeah. to its own benefit. Yeah. And, and what I find really refreshing about Get Out as a horror movie is that it's it's really different, It's uh, but uh, also like really similar to things in, from the past because what horror movies have been divulging into as of late is just torture porn. Like, all we have yeah. is, like, Saw and Hostel and stuff like that. And it's like, well, who wants to watch that? Weirdos. But when you have a, a movie like this, where it's, like, actual tension and there's, and there's very little violence in the right. movie. Oh, there is. And, um, <laughs> like, one of the moments, uh, I mean, we already talked about the whole social comment, you know, the theme of the social commentary on this movie of the white liberalism being, like, super racist. Um, and it was when the party kicked off. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, they're doing a movie on this. Like, they're fucking doing it. This is, oh, my God, they're fucking doing it. And then, my God, did they do it. <laughs> and it, it, it's, like, the reason why we like this movie so much is that Jordan Peele uses the horror genre perfectly. Like, perfectly. Like Colin said, it, this isn't, this isn't you know, slasher porn. This isn't fucking just some scary boogeyman murdering kids, you know. It's, you know, it's, it's like <laughs> fucking like racism, like murdering people. But it's, it's using horror as a tool to point out something in society. It's, it's actually shining a light with the horror genre. Right. I mean, like I said before, like the weapon is a silver spoon. Right. It's like privilege is taking over. Well, but- and that's the thing too, is I feel like almost any story that I've read or movie that I've watched that really nails a social commentary it's usually at least a little scary in and of itself because the commentary is something that it's like this is real this is happening and it's like wrong it's it's yeah. something that is happening and it's something that is that should be disturbing to you and so for it to just be at the forefront of this entire movie makes it to where it's like yes this is perfect the perfect media for this social commentary because 
it's fucking scary as is. Like, yeah. it's already scary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you watch um, Requiem for a Dream and you're like, holy shit, drug addiction is really scary. <laughs> Ooh, is that a horror movie? I don't think so. No. I I think it's hard to classify any Darren Aronofsky movie. But going into like the mm. actual like scariness of social things, uh, my day today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I started to work today. I said went to work today and uh, literally like pulled out in like half a block. Uh, like this cop like pulls out from the block that I pulled out and literally follows me all the way to work. Like never turns on the light or anything, what? but it's just following me all the way to work, and it's just like literally like my hands are just like white knuckled on the ten and two, ten and two, yeah. And it was like it was a motorcycle cop. Did and he it, watch you get in the car? I I don't know. <laughs> I just know like I pull like I came off my block, and then it was like um like maybe like so he followed you around Berkeley. Well, so yeah, so like, I came off of my block, and he was like, I, I saw him like when I was pulling like out at the to turn onto the street, yeah, and he was like pulling up behind me, and I turned out, and then he turned out, and I kept going, kept going, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna turn here, I'm on my way to work, and then he turned and followed me down there, and I like followed, and I was like, oh, this is really weird and scary, and I'm fucking really fucking nervous right now, and I didn't get pulled over or anything, but it was just like one of those moments where it's just like. That's like a fear that a lot of white people don't ever really like have to no, deal with. No, I like, only get that when I'm like high. Yeah, no, it, was, it was literally just like, <laughs> and I kind of deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was literally just like white knuckle on the fucking steering wheel, Ugh. and and then later today I got accused of stealing a lunch card, like my bike, because I have like a this like staff punch card that I use. Yeah, um, and. I went into like the like the cafeteria at the university where I work, yeah. and when I went in, the lady that was like a manager there like kind of looked at me a little weird and like punched my card. And then I went in, put my stuff down, went to go get my food, and then I'm like walking around, and then I've like she's like I hear someone like say hey behind me, and I, like turn around and it's her, and she's like, "Are you a staff or faculty member?" I'm like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Well, like where do you work?" And I was like. You know, like student services, you know, like told her the building that I'm in, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, well, like, can I see your ID? Holy fuck. And I was like, actually, I don't have it with me today, but I just told you the exact department and building that I work in. And it was just like, and eventually just kind of ended with me just being like, okay. And like, and just kind of like staring at her until she walked away. But I was just like. Are you kidding me? Holy <laughs> and it's fuck. Like, and it's like, it's like a punch card. And it's like, first of all, like it had to be paid for before I got it anyway. Yes. So <laughs> it's already been paid for either way. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, what, what, what the fuck do you want? Like, what do you want me to tell you right now? Like, like uh, just, you got me. Yeah. I, I'm I, the I, wily black man. Yeah. <laughs> I stuck up a professor at, like at gunpoint and stole his lunch punch card. Oh so God. I could come here and eat lunch today. Because I'm poor and I steal. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Craig. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I was just like, oh, God, fuck. Like, and I start, like, today started off so great. I worked out early this morning. I was feeling oh, good. Great. And it was like, literally, as soon as I got out of my house this morning, it was just like, God damn it. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh, I'm really sorry. That's well, yeah. no one should deal with that ever. <laughs> and unfortunately, they do. <laughs> A really good friend of mine deals with it all the time. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, it's a Get Out. Amazing movie. So glad yeah. it exists. I'm, amazing horror movie. Amazing piece of social commentary. It's fucking phenomenal. Amazing. Thank you, Jordan Peele. Hugely financially thank you, successful thank you, thank you. for Jordan. Yeah. yeah. But for a Four first and time. a half million dollars to produce. One as of broke, March. Broke a hundred million dollars. Yeah. As of March 19th, it is sitting at 137.6 million gross worldwide. Which is the most successful movie this year so far, right? I, yeah, I would and, think so. In yeah. terms of profit, like, it would have to be. Right. Like, there's absolutely no way I could see any other movie, like, with such a small budget right. having such a large return on investment. Which, which makes, a, like, what Jordan Peele is the first black director to break the $100 million threshold, right? On his debut. On his yes. debut. On his debut. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, I hey. wonder I wonder how it sizes up with, um, with uh, it, totally not, because they're totally different movies, but just for, as far as financial success with Deadpool from last year, because they both came out at around the same time. So I wonder how they size up. Oh yeah, I really hope this movie did. Play but, better. I don't know. <laughs> I will. I would be upset if Deadpool was be bit more successful than this. <laughs> I feel like even even this, it, like between this and Moonlight and so many other amazing black things happening within the last like six months that I've just black been, like, things like, happening. Like, yeah, like we're like it's just been like black people on full display, and it's just fucking <laughs> making me so fucking happy. Yeah, that full frontal black nudity thing that's going on. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a little too much. But it's it, it's really awesome because it's like we see that you don't need like a hundred million dollars to make an amazing movie you don't no. need even like um i think moonlight was 13 or 14 million dollars it's literally the least expensive oscar like best, best picture, picture winning yeah. oscar movie ever wow and it's just like i'm like it goes to show you like at every turn because like black people in this country have had so much shit to deal with like fucking work twice as hard with half as much like and fucking still rock it and it just inspires me so much like all of this happened all this happening is just like it's just it's, it's a just, long it's time coming so is inspiring what it is. yeah to see like coming. like yeah the jordan peels and like the janelle monet's oh, of the world and so oh, and just, uh, I know, i'm so obsessed with janelle <laughs> I, will, I, will leave, I will leave you both right now i will walk out of this relationship right now for that woman uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's just like so many amazing things are just happening and they and I'm sure they have been happening and I've just been like out of touch for so long because I've been in my own little funk of, you know, whatever world that I've been in and I'm so glad that I'm like kind of peeking my head out and seeing what's happening right now because it's You've been doing great, making Craig. me happy. It's making me so happy You've been right doing now. really good. <laughs> it's good to see on the light side again. Yeah. Um, on the light side. On the light side. The light side of life. Yeah. Uh, as, as opposed to the dark side. The dark. The dark depression. Um, well, kind of wraps up my thoughts and notes on this one. Yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah. Anymore? All right. Cool. Well, um, wow. What a fucking movie, guys. It's so... So good. Uh, even if you're not a fan of horror movies or thriller movies or whatever. Like me, like, I'm not. I'm like, not at all. And I love well, this movie. Yeah, you said last week that you love thrillers after Gone Girl. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, but no, I, I know how you are because I'm not a fan of horror movies either. Even if you don't like horror movies, go see this movie. It is truly phenomenal. Right, yeah, yeah. Agreed. And, and I am a fan of thrillers. I'm just not a fan of horror movies. Yeah. Except for this one. <laughs> Huge fan of this one. 
Um, all right. Well, if we don't have any more notes on this movie, I'd like to move on to some uh, any corrections and omissions from the last recording that we've done. Guys, I've got a pretty huge correction and omission. What you got there, Colin? Um, I dropped the James Bond ball last week. Yeah, I was um, about to fire you. I know. <laughs> I, I had the paperwork all set up and everything. So here we're going into James Bond connections. <laughs> High five, Craig. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> oh. This episode's fun. I have it so much fun right now. I know. <laughs> I guess we just need to like not ever take notes. <laughs> so, Rosamund Pike plays uh, Miranda Frost in the worst crime to ever be perpetrated against the James Bond franchise: Die Another Day. Oh God! Just, just die another day. Die another day. And she was in Catch Me If You Can. Another day. No, she was in Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Oh, yeah, okay. Rosamund Pike. This is Ros- is, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. she is the Gone Girl. Yeah, yeah. The the Gone. Girl. She's the girl who's gone. The girl that is gone. <laughs> the girl who's gone. Well, I, but I, I but she's in too. the worst James Bond movie ever, and <laughs> and I mean the worst James Bond movie by far. Uh, one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, I mean it's it's not just bad for a Bond movie; it's bad for like anything. Like it's so <laughs> it's, bad that the bad movie podcast that we listen to, that I'm sure we've mentioned before, uh, I think we don't it. go an episode without mentioning. Yeah, it. Um, <laughs> they won't touch it. It's they, so bad. No, they did a more fun, better bad Bond movie. Right. Ugh. And what's really upsetting about that bond is that it's like the homage bond. It's the it's the twentieth one, right. so it's full oh, of them doing horrible. self-referential things. Tons of like, self-reference. I don't remember just, that. I, I'm terrible. sure I've seen it. I saw it it's, when I was a kid, like when it first came out, and I just don't remember don't, it at all. Don't. Like Q, Q Hansen the watch and says like, "It's your twentieth, I believe." <laughs> it's so stupid. Although, although watching it makes uh, one of the best episodes of uh, James Bonding. It, yeah, it's if you one of my if you listen to James Bonding, watch it just for that. But otherwise, <laughs> yeah, stay away. Stay away from Die Another Day. Um, any other corrections and omissions from Gone Girl? Or going back a little further, catch me if you can. Or... That's good. Mirror. No, I think uh, correcting my James Bond mistake is all I had. All right, all right. Um, okay, well, let's go into some recommendations. What you guys got? Anyone ready for some rec rec recommendations? Um, yeah, I will recommend going to see Logan. It is actually a really good movie. Um, and after trotting through so much shit in the Wolverine standalone movies. It is really nice to have one that is actually really good. So I would recommend going to see Logan. Um, it's pretty damn fantastic. Cool. Actually, I should say like amazing because it's like the amazing X-Men. Oh, yeah. Or yeah, astonishing yeah. because that was another form of the X-Men. Let's go with astonishing. Astonishing. The astonishing re- Logan. That, that word <laughs> needs to come back. We need to use astonishing more. Yeah. yeah. That's mm. a good word. What astonishing recommendation do you have, Colin? Moist. I actually do moist. have an astonishing recommendation. I have one of my strongest recommendations to date um, it is a pilot a tv pilot it's on amazon you might have to have amazon prime i'm not sure oh, um is this i think it but it's this. called the marvelous mrs Maisel. oh no and it is one of the best tv pilots i have ever seen is really? that from the pilot season yeah it's in oh, the amazon okay. pilot season it's by amy sherman paladino but if you would if you'd watch this not knowing it was by Amy Sherman Valdino, you would never guess it was Amy Sherman Valdino. Wow. So it, it's pretty amazing. And like, I really have to say, 
watch this. It's one of the best pilots I've, I've ever seen. And she's the one that did uh, Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls and, and Bunheads. Bunheads. And what else? And uh, the one other show that didn't go that I can't remember the you name of. You failed me, Colin. I know. You failed me. Um, all right. Well, I... Um, damn it, I just had it. And Jezebel then, James. Jezebel... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the recommendation that I currently have Oh yeah, um, dirt. <laughs> Highly recommend this. Um, my recommendation for this week is the Voodoo uh, Theater House Playhouse Voodoo Improv Comedy Playhouse. I think Voodoo Comedy Playhouse. It's in downtown Denver in Lodo. It's off of Twentieth Street and like Market, something like that. And uh, it's a really really cool place. It's a it's an improv school and stand up school. And so there's like comedians, this real amateur shit. We, me and Craig went last night, and uh, yeah, pretty hit or miss comedy, but just a really cool place. I just, I'm just gonna be promoting that place a lot. I feel like, I feel like it needs some more love. I would love to have more comedy in this in Denver. Um, I've heard mixed reports on the on my own experience is that kind of sucks. Comedy scene here kind of sucks. I've heard other people say differently though. So it's just small. some pretty successful comedians have come out of Denver, but you know that's a, a hit and miss type of situation. Right. So. It, yeah. Also, I feel like I should make a second recommendation because I feel like we just talked a lot about black things. So I'm going to recommend something that's black-ish, which is Chewing Gum on uh, Netflix. And it's, oh, not uh, just Chewing Gum in general? No, no, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, that's a very black thing. Just Chewing Gum thing. is a black thing. <laughs> no, no, Chewing Gum is a series on Netflix by uh, Michaela Cole. She's uh, It's a British show, um, okay. but it is hilarious. It's all about like her awkwardness and living through um, kind of transitioning from being extremely like evangelical, like Christian to kind of burgeoning into her like sexuality and realizing <laughs> who she is as a person. And it's just hilarious and weird and funny and just, uh, it's, it's great. Chewing gum on Netflix. All right. Season two is coming out soon too, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'll, I'll have to check that out. Um, I'm kind of itching for a good television series right now. Um, all right. Well, if uh, you guys got anything, uh, anyone that you know that's doing something cool, anyone? I know a couple people. Hit us with it. All right. Well, Mirror Fears, as always, I'm just promoting her music. She's currently working on her next album. I've said that for a few weeks now. We'll see when that comes out. You can find all of her music on bandcamp.mirrorfears.com, where you can purchase it and listen to it. Also, uh, I know a poet, poet by the name of Maria Berardi. She just published a poem called Threshold at theopiatemagazine.com. Check her out. I also heard that she might be coming out of the woodwork to write more. Also, I have a good artist friend that's doing a big installation in Lodo that should be finishing up at the end of this month. His name is Colin Parson. You can find examples of all of his artwork on his website, www.colinparson.com. And that's Colin spelled with two L's. Um... Those are all the promotions that I have right now. Um, well, I guess that kind of wraps us up, doesn't it? And you can find us all on Twitter. You can find us all on Twitter. You can find me at the D-Bucks. I am Catharticus. I am at Cullen Munch. All right. And you can follow the podcast at I Want You To Watch This. No, sorry. You can follow the podcast at Want You To Watch This with the letter U and the number two. Also, you can find all of our episodes on SoundCloud.com forward slash IWITWT. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash IWITWT, where we kind of discuss some movies. I'm still trying to figure out that thing. Feels a little broken for podcasts. 
Uh, please, please, please write us a review on iTunes. I'm going to beat up all you listeners for not doing that. The only reviews that are written on iTunes is ones written by me and Cullen. It would really, really, really help us out to grow our uh, audience base without us spending any money on advertisements. If uh, the few listeners that are listening to write uh, and review us at five stars on, on iTunes, it would be a great help. Uh, all right. Anything else, guys? Join us next week. Yeah, um, it's your pick, isn't it? When we are going to be uh, going back to kind of the granddaddy of the thriller movie. We're going back to the year 1960 to talk about Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. I'm excited for this. That's the soundtrack. <laughs> that's all that the soundtrack that's, is. That's all it's the not a famous is. soundtrack at all. No. <laughs> Alright, well that'll uh, that'll conclude episode 17 um, Yeah, like Colin said Join us next week for Episode 18, Psycho Which will round out our thriller Alright, bye Peace out, bitches Bye-bye.